Welcome to Between the Gutters, where we talk about the stories within the panels. I'm your co-host, Albert, and with me is our other co-host. This is Drew. What's up, everybody? Hey, everyone. So this week, we're uh, we're going to go and dive a little deep into something near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we, we, we often, on this podcast, talk about all of our experiences diving into quarter bins. Me and Drew, we consider ourselves treasure hunters, and... Uh, there's nothing more satisfying to us than going into a quarter bin uh, and just digging through comics and uh, finding complete runs or sets of just buried treasure that we were able to save a whole bunch of dollars on. And even more so to get something of just such high caliber quality, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to go over some of the things uh, we've mentioned that in this past year in quarantine that it's been an opportunity for us to catch up on our reading. So, you know, it was the perfect opportunity this year for us to read all of the completed uh, sets of comics that we've collected over the years. So we decided that this would be a good opportunity for us to share those stories with you guys and maybe provide some input on what we did read, whether we thought it was money well spent and um yeah so that's uh we'd like to share those stories with you uh drew do you have any thoughts yeah i was gonna comment on how you said we were treasure hunters because we are treasure hunters in the sense that we look for cheap treasures we're not treasure hunters looking for something that's gonna cost us a whole bunch of money or i guess we're not even looking for stuff that's worth a whole bunch of money we're not looking for key issues or hunting for for uh you know collectible items we're we're hunting for treasures that we can read and enjoy yeah i think it's good to make a determination between us and other like-minded people that you would see at these sales Mm -hmm. Uh, i think the majority of them are actually people who are flippers um Mm -hmm. you know basically someone who thinks that this is an that collecting comics is a monetary investment and what they're doing is they go to these sales where you know uh comic book stores are selling comics for a quarter and they're hoping to find something that's gonna be that's secretly worth you know 20 30 dollars or you know maybe even something ridiculous like a hundred dollars or more, you know? And these are guys that we come across fairly regularly. We recognize these people and we despise them. There are (laughs) Um, enemies. There are enemies because we're, we're guys that, like you said, you know, we aren't doing this to make money off it. It's not as paltry as that. We're doing this because we love comics and, you know, yeah. we we collect experiences, man. We speculate that, on ideas. Exactly. We don't we don't buy that stuff thinking that we're gonna flip it and make a quick buck. Yeah. And these key collector people, those are the they're the dregs of they're the comics world, man. I'd say. Yeah, they're parasites. They actively work against us. They prevent yeah. us from they steal <laughs> mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. we could that we would use. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, and and not even because they enjoy it, but because they think they can make a quick buck off it. 
Yeah, it's, they're not even going to read those comics. Yeah, it's disrespectful, man. It's disrespectful it is, man. to comics. It's not even about disrespectful to us, you know? Yeah, I agree, man. They're, those people are just... There's a lot of bad actors in comics, but those people are definitely scumbags in my book. Yeah, yeah. I, I Look, I admit that the comics... And this is our soapbox moment, but... I admit that the comics industry is responsible for making a lot of bad decisions that are detrimental to comics as a whole. But one of the reasons that they continue to make these bad decisions are because people like these people are the ones <laughs> who perpetuate that decision making, you know? Yeah, because the whole key collector attitude, man, it, it permeates not just in the cheap bins and the sales, but those are the people that... You know, they hunt for variant covers and yeah. they they have uh they use the, the key collector app to yeah to communicate to each other what's quote unquote a hot comic. So something like Nightwing number seventy eight suddenly, you know, flies off the racks at an unprecedented rate because yeah. it's the first appearance of Nightwing's dog or whatever, you know? And like it's yeah. like super dumb stuff like that. Yeah, and it it just makes it impossible for yeah. a normal reader of Nightwing to yeah. continue reading the series. You know, like it's it's dumb, man. It's super dumb. Um, if I could just give a analogy to to those of you who aren't super familiar with comics culture, it's think about it. Uh, think about it. Think of these people as the same way as you would think of ticket scalpers when you go, try to go to a concert, right? So let's say you're into something like BTS or something. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they're still hot or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm using this as a reference because I had a friend who was into those tickets and she would a ask me to help her buy these tickets. So everyone wants to go to these shows or, you know, of all the people that want to go to these shows, they're all trying to get tickets to go to these shows. But... There are these scalpers who go in and they buy up all the tickets and then they sell them in the aftermarket for like ridiculous prices. Mm -hmm. That's what these people are doing with comics. They are actively looking for the next big thing to hit and they try to buy up as much of it as possible so that they can go to eBay or wherever online and try to flip it for more money. Mm -hmm. So it's – again – uh, it, it hurts the industry as a whole because uh, it makes it hard for the people who genuinely want to read the comic to get these comics. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, uh, comic book stores, the middlemen uh, who who base their livelihood on, on uh, understanding the sales trends, it affects them because they're getting screwed over by um, – they're getting screwed over by the publishers, you know, because, uh, again, the publishers have uh, they've gotten an idea of what these sales trends are. And they just kind of hold the distributors by the balls, basically uh, saying that, well, you can only buy these issues if uh, you buy X amount of these other issues. Yeah, like the variant covers. Exactly. Like, there are some variants where you have to order like 50 copies of it or, or 100 yeah. copies or 250 copies of, yeah. of the comic and you get one variant cover yeah and of course that one variant cover is gonna be you know pretty pretty pricey and it I might be like a you know, hundred bucks or something <laughs> if not more and there yeah. are some stores that that do that and 
and they're the ones who who sell the variant for a bunch of money. And you know, on some level, I kind of understand why they would do that. I mean, I, I would never spend my money on a variant cover like that because I don't, I don't really I don't care. respect it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't respect it. Um, and I don't respect the people that just eat up whatever they think is a key issue yeah. in hopes of flipping it, man. Yeah. It's like you were saying, it, it, it does mess up the, uh, the stores as well, because let's say, let's say you have a bunch of people at your store, um, who are, who are buying a series. Well, we'll just say Nightwing and maybe, maybe not everybody has it on their pull list and they're just, you know, there's just an expectation where They'll go to the store every month and find a new issue um, without having to ask the store to set it aside for them because yeah. it's Nightwing. Like, if they get, like, five extra copies on the racks, you can just show up and, you know, buy you it. just walk in and buy it. Yeah. Exactly. Walk then, off the street. You know, one day there's an issue where supposedly Nightwing's dog makes his first appearance so everybody buy it. Like these people that don't read Nightwing end up buying all the copies of it. Now you got the guys that do want to read the copy of Night that do want to read the series. They can't buy it anymore. And what yeah. if they decide, oh, I'm missing an issue. Whatever. I'm just gonna wait for the trade now, and I'm not gonna buy. I'm not gonna buy it anymore from the store. You yeah. know? Yeah. Totally. So like and for the next few months, that store is gonna have a bunch of extra copies of the next few issues before they can adjust how much they yeah. order and it's it's just dumb man it's just a yeah. stupid practice and it might not sound like a big deal if you think about it in as a like a one-off situation but you have to remember there are like hundreds of comics and if the entire industry is working this way uh from the publishers to uh these collectors um it has a cumulative effect of just messing up everything you know yeah uh especially like from big two publishers it, it they do not make it easy for you to be a, a fan of comics <laughs> they do not you might you might even say we're fans in spite of them <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean I, I i feel like it's it needs to be mentioned as well i mean this habit of ours uh and I do think there's a community of people who go diving through quarter bins or 50 cent bins or dollar bins or what have you to, to get these collections. Um, there, there's a smaller, I, I feel like we, there are, there's a smaller community of them, right? I mean, it's, it's not just mm -hmm. me and you, there's, there's people out there that do this and yeah. you can make the argument that we don't really help the, the industry too much either. Um, and, and, and I acknowledge that and I'll, I, I feel like it's worth mentioning up front that this was a habit that began when I was much younger and much broker. So, you know, <laughs> it was just a survival mechanism, which was, oh, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of money because, you know, uh, my job at the time didn't pay as much or I just wasn't in a place where I was making as much. So in order to, you know, make my dollar go further, what what I would do, and I don't know if this speaks to your experience, Drew, but what I would do is 
I would look in quarter bins for these things uh, to uh, things of quality in order to save a buck for myself, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a habit that carried over to present day. But now that I'm, you know, older and a little more well-to-do, uh, I can afford to spend uh, money more consciously uh, in support of the things that I want to survive, you know? You hear that, that is- ladies? You hear that, ladies? <laughs> Albert's ready for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also have a lot more money because I'm single and I don't have any children to spend my money on. So what difference does it make if I pay $10 for a comic? Yeah, that that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think for me, man, the the quarter bin habit. I don't think I started quite as early as you. I mean, I certainly knew about the quarter bins, but back in those back when I was younger, like when I was in college, um, you know, there'd be times when I would just be digging through quarter bins, but I wouldn't I wasn't really looking for anything specific because I never had any expectations of finding complete runs or uh, full story arcs or anything like that. So I would, I would be looking through quarter bins and I would just buy, you know, whatever random thing I thought looked interesting or thought would give me twenty five cents worth of enjoyment. Yeah. But and, it, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, and admittedly, there is a a, a sense of there's a rush that you get from finding something cool for twenty five cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fun just to come across something that you didn't expect to find and. You see something cool and it's only a quarter and you're just like, dude, I got to get this. Even yeah. if it, even if I just read it once and, and, you know, give it away to somebody. Yeah. That's still worth 25 cents, man. Yeah. It's I, like, I do have friends that ask me about that because they don't seem to get it. And I, it's, I, I just tell them it's like bargain hunting, you know, like mm-hmm. I know people who are willing to wait super like, they're willing to go out on that and Thanksgiving night to go shopping on Black Friday, and that's not absurd to them because you know it's cheap electronics. But mm-hmm. if I told them, oh, uh, I was at a store and you know I just looked through a box for of quarter comics to find some stuff, like I, there's there's this disconnect there, and yeah, I don't I don't get what they're not getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that perplexes me too. Yeah, it's one of those things where they they probably think if you just want to get Spider-Man number seventy-three, why don't you just order it off eBay or some store online or whatever? Yeah, yeah. But that's not that's kind of beside the point, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if we did that, you wouldn't be paying twenty-five cents. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. even be paying fifty cents or a dollar. Yeah. I mean, most they're... likely we'd be paying more than cover price, and the yeah. whole point of this, the whole point of these kind of quests is to find the comics for less than cover price. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they could make the argument that, you know, they value their time more than that or whatever, but it's just, I, I can't argue that with them. Right. Like, I'm just like, if, if yeah, that's not can. how you choose we to can, value, you can your definitely time. argue that with them because <laughs> we don't have a family. We don't have loved ones. <laughs> to spend time with so all the time that we do have is purely for ourselves therefore 
all yeah. the time we use to spend comics is just time we would have spent alone anyway. So what does it matter? Well, I was going to say that I've actually had people like I, 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 I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast before. Well, no, I have mentioned on this podcast before that I go to conventions every so often to help uh, uh, friends of mine out who who sell things at, you know, San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con or whatever. And when I'm there, I'll take the opportunity uh, to go, you know, and look at what different vendors have to sell. And there's theoretically going to be a lot more quarter bins or boxes of comics that I can look through. And I've actually had people, like, question me on it because they don't understand, again, like, they, it's, they just don't get it, you know? And they're just like, what's why why do you feel the need to like look through all these boxes and i just want to be like why are you even here then why are you at a comic book convention like exactly why are you treating me like i'm the weird one why are you here (laughs) you don't get it you know exactly man amen to that yeah I hate people, man. (laughs) Like I despise them so much sometimes. I thought those were your friends. Yeah, I hate them too. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's it's an affectionate kind of hate, but geez. (laughs) You guys know who you are. (laughs) The other thing I was gonna say, uh, when you were talking about how you got into your bargain bin diving habits. I was going to say that for me, I for a long time, I was buying comics at full price on Wednesdays. You know, I was I was that Wednesday warrior, man, the weekly Wednesday warrior who would yeah. go to the store every week for the new releases and all the stuff that I was collecting. You know, like I, I had a list where I knew every week what I was going to buy. But at, at some point, you know, that that it's it's comics is an expensive habit man especially since the prices keep going up yeah yeah i think once comics started becoming 3.99 that was when i really had to step back and i was like okay i i gotta control myself somehow because spending spending like 12 16 bucks a week it's kind of not really super necessary yeah because I could just be patient and and wait for the trade paperback collection and you know yeah. get that at a discount off a yeah. online store or something. Yeah. Heck, even if just buying a trade paperback for cover price, at least you know ten years ago, that would still be a cheaper option than than buying the issues at cover price. Yeah. yeah. But because things just keep constantly getting more expensive, it it made it gave me incentive to to stop buying. Uh, comics every single week. Yeah. Uh, buying new comics every single week. Yeah. So for me, uh, I I think spending enough time with you, man, it helped me realize if I keep on checking all the different quarter bins in the Bay Area, or fifty cent bins, or three for a dollar bins, or what you you know whatever there is uh, that we have accessible. Yeah. If I keep doing that, there's a lot of stuff that. I could eventually complete. I just have to be patient. It's going to take time. Sometimes it takes years and years. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm if I'm truly patient, I can complete almost anything. 
Yeah. Almost. You can do anything! <laughs> Kevin Garnett! Anything is possible! Yeah. <laughs> what was I going to say? I was going to say, um, and, you know, we've maximized this and we've perfected it to an art at this point because uh, we're constantly in communication with each other just whenever comics are involved to the mm -hmm. point where, you know, uh, we we have a shared spreadsheet, like uh, a Microsoft sheet spreadsheet. Google, a Google sheet. Google sheet, yeah. That And, um, you know, wherever we are, um, if we're close to a comic book store or we happen to be at a comic book store, we're, we're, we have the sheet accessible and we're uh, constantly just double checking with one another to see if there's anything that the other guy needs. So, yeah. you know, it's not this uh, hopeless Herculean endeavor where we're doing this on our own, you know? Yeah, we have we have tools, man. We, we have tools exactly. of the trade. We have resources. <laughs> yeah, and the, the spreadsheet is definitely a key tool. You know, it, this is, if you guys could see our spreadsheet, it, it's hundreds and hundreds of items long, and it just lists in alphabetical order all the active quests that we have, yeah. you know, the specific title, uh, the specific issues, and creative teams in case we need to you know, exactly discern which Avengers number 17 we're looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, we're constantly updating and changing and adding details to the spreadsheet. Just, mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll be honest, just to amuse ourselves on some level, like, we'll add things that are just fun to know because it's, it's grown beyond just this tool that we use to keep track of what we're looking for to this thing that we marvel and look at and reminisce about. So we'll add details like we, we started adding, we added a tab for um, things that we completed. And we even added a couple of uh, columns for uh, when we started the, the, when we started the collecting a specific series, like what the start date was as well mm -hmm. as a column for the end date and even a column for additional details just to put little funny anecdotes in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that we can add, you know? <laughs> like, I just happened to find this at this one store where there was a weird comic book guy <laughs> yeah. who just happened to work there. Stuff like that, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Very, very useful, man. Yeah. Smartphones. Back in the day, I, I would carry a, a piece of paper with me that had everything, yeah. and that was that was a lot more cumbersome. Well, I'll also admit that uh, I, I also want to say this. I, I remember when we used to go to Lee's in Mountain View, and in the early days when we, well, not that early, but like a few years back, when we were when we first started using our smartphones to to log all this stuff, I remember we would go to these shows and we would see other other comic book guys there uh and collectors and they they would just have printed out excel spreadsheets on paper mm -hmm. or some guys would have like a notebook or something like that and that yeah. was the first moment where i was like oh man we're not the only ones that are thinking like yeah, this exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta up our game man <laughs> exactly we have competition <laughs> yeah 
I think the other thing that really helps us is the fact that we live in the Bay Area, and the Bay Area is a pretty good hotbed of comics, uh, of comic stores. We there's like within within like a 60 mile radius of us, we have access to multiple stores. Yeah. On top of that, there are other sales that happen every so often and and even some bookstores that have have uh cheap comics or cheap yeah. trades so we're just really blessed with a plethora of options at our fingertips so we can kind of rotate between sure. different sure. stores you know every every couple months there's somewhere new to go or there's yeah. there's one of those uh cheap conventions you know not not like a real comic-con but one of those like a local Comic Con. Yeah, like know? a local. Like the San Jose trade show, or not trade show, uh, San Jose Toy Expo, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of different options. I mean, obviously, this past year, there was there wasn't really any of that going on because of the pandemic. But you know, in normal yeah. times, yeah, we've got yeah. a ton of options. For sure, for sure. And um, yeah, and even if it's not places that have specials or sales, or well, I guess there's still specials, but there are some regular stores that we go to that just constantly have cheap bins that mm-hmm. they're constantly updating, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, I don't want to give away too much, but I got to give out, you know, a little bit of shout out to Jeffrey's Toys. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, now everybody's going to know about it. I know, <laughs> I know. I was, I was, I hesitated for a second because like, I was like, I don't want to let everybody know where to go, but... <laughs> but I love them too, so uh, I do. I, I am happy to see them get business. I, I just hope that nobody takes anything that I'm ever looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question, Albert. What would you say was our most memorable day of questing? Whew. Jeez. Um. I'd have to say one of the big ones was probably the library sale. I, I feel like I feel like we'd done quarter sales before, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like because that was that was when uh, like really early on when we were going out of our way to go to these quarter sales. Mm-hmm. But I remember that it was probably like the first time that the San Francisco Public Library. W- had ever done this it was the massive, friends of the san francisco public yeah, library the friends of the san francisco public library is a nonprofit organization associated with the library and they announced that there was this huge quarter sale and this was the first time that we had ever heard of it um or seen you know uh yeah this was the first time they had ever done it this was the first time we'd ever, ever heard about it and the thing was i'm pretty sure that if not me, if not the both of us, I know that at least you were pretty skeptical of it as a whole because you were just like, oh, I I don't know what we're going to find. I kinda, I'm kind of doubtful that it's going to be much of anything, right? Because, again, this was the first time we'd ever heard of this. This was the first time they ever did it. And usually whenever we see anything associated with comic book sales, I, I, I'd say up to that point, it was more... We know better than to get our hopes up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we were expecting to go there, and we thought there'd be, like, you know, a couple of tables at best, you know? One table, maybe. But 
we walked into this warehouse and it was just packed with comics you know just hallway to hallway wall to wall um wait are you talking about the warehouse sale that we went to that one time no 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 i'm talking i I was i did think about that and i do want to talk about that too but okay i do uh, but i remember walking into the um yeah the 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 san francisco uh the friends of the sfpo yeah the the friends of the san francisco public library sale and we we bought a bunch of stuff that day man that first one yeah yeah but was that the day that you found the entire run of matt fractions invincible iron man it wasn't that was probably the second or third san uh, friends of the san francisco san francisco public library sale yeah um because Remember the first time we went, it was actually in a smaller venue, and then every time after that, yeah. they moved it to this other site that was substantially bigger and had more comics. That's right. Yeah. So it was probably the second or third time we went that I found that uh, that run, but we did find a bunch of stuff at that first sale, and I think us finding as much stuff as we did and not being nearly as seasoned as we are now like i do think i ended up picking up a lot more random stuff than i would have otherwise normally would have bought mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so um now that we've been doing this for a while when we go into a sale i have a better idea of what it is i'm looking for you're more as, choosy now yeah exactly right you, you, like, you try to get stuff that's on your list so and you don't you tr- you try to avoid starting new quests yeah oh was that well, a fart no that was my dog she's oh, okay. snoring nice <laughs> <laughs> okay i was like dang albert well that's pretty close to the mic well the thing was she was snoring already but i i i wanted to um silence a little silence it a little so I'll, sometimes i'll uh i'll put my hand on her throat and i'll like gently massage it to <laughs> loosen up her uh neck muscles so that she doesn't make quite as much sound but on that occasion it just made more sound (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um i mean if i do start a new quest it'll be something that i've had on my radar you know yeah 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 or if i am gonna pick up something at random it better be interesting enough that it warrants uh me picking it up and starting a new quest you know totally man totally i get what you're saying yeah but speaking of stories uh like i think it's worth talking about the the east bay uh the berkeley sale you know yeah that's definitely one of the other highlight moments uh of of our entire comics collecting journey yeah that that one was a one-off sale like it it was a one-day sale. It was Shambhala. <laughs> yeah. This this must have been in, like, 2012 or 2013. Like, this was quite a number of years ago, but there was... I guess it was a store in the East Bay somehow. I don't know if it was all just their backstock or or what. like Or somehow they the guy had accumulated a bunch of comics. But yeah. this was an actual warehouse, like... A small yeah. warehouse, like not not just a building, but like an actual warehouse yeah. that was 
filled with hundreds of long boxes of quarter comics. Right. Like there was and no way that we could have, there was no way that between the two of us, we could have looked at everything, man. Cause there were just yeah. way too many comics. And the, the thing that kills me is that I knew about the quest, but I had some church thing going on that day. So yeah. I went to the church thing and that, that pretty much ate up like, you know, half a of the substantial chunk half of the day. day. Yeah. yeah. And by the time we got there, um, I, we might have only had like a couple hours at the most. Yeah. So no, I, it was just, we were just frantic, you know, trying to look at whatever we could. Yeah. It was like the last night on earth where we're just digging through boxes and just throwing everything into a box full of stuff that we could buy. Cause I think the way that they did it was it could be a quarter if you just want to buy s- single issues, but you could also just pay like 20 or 30 bucks and fill up a short a box. box. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was even more worth it. Yeah, I I remember this one because I th- I think we were yeah this was again pretty early on in our um, comic searching uh, experience and I remember looking on Craigslist and finding this advertisement for the sale in the East Bay and I was like hey do you want to go let's go check it out and. From what I remember, the way I remember it is, you it was another like it, it, it was another moment where you were kind of skeptical, where you were just like, uh, I don't know what they're gonna have, but let's go check it out, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got there, and it was just packed with comics. You were blown so, away. And the other the other amazing thing was that there was hardly anybody else there. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And we, and we were just like, we we just ran in there started digging through stuff. And here's the other thing. It wasn't just that the warehouse was full of comics. They had like a bunch of boxes in front on the street. That yeah. Had a bunch of comics too. Yeah. So it was just, it was so many comics, man. And we were just like, just trying to fill the box at that point. It, it was, it, yeah, it was like you said, it was like 20 or 30 box bucks and you can just fill up a box and just get what you get. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were trying our best to, like, look for things that we wanted, but after a point, we were just, like, throwing stuff in there. Anything that looked you remotely interesting, I would just throw in the box. <laughs> like, if it was something by an artist I liked, I would just throw it in there. Yeah. It it, I, it wouldn't even matter if I was able to find consecutive issues of things or complete stories. I was just, at, at some point, man, when in the, that last half hour, I was just like, dude, I got to buy as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what you ended up getting from that sale? or Was there anything that stuck out? Because all these years later, I uh, if I had to admit, I don't remember what I walked away with from that sale. Oddly enough, I remembered something I really that remember I put back. Either. Sorry, what'd you say? I, I, I said, oddly enough, I remembered something that I put back that I regret not getting. <laughs> what did you put back? Uh, Inevitable Iron Man by Joe Casey. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's a yeah. great story, man. Yeah, yeah, I found those crazy. issues, and I was just like, oh, I don't know what this is. I'll just put it back. <laughs> what? Yeah. You sure you I, didn't think, oh, I can just borrow Drew's copy? <laughs> it might have been that, too. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that you mention it, I think that that might have been closer to the truth. Yeah. I feel like so. that was, we were still, back in those days, man, I would I would always be hyping up comics I like to, you, and you'd be like, eh, whatever. I can always borrow your copy. Like, yeah. You yeah. Never really take my recommendations that seriously. 
I mean, I took him to heart in that. I you acknowledge that I stated my recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I had every intention of reading it, you know, but I was just like, well, I could spend this couple of bucks on something else that could be a hidden gem, you know, something that I don't know. But or you, know, you could have spent been... you could have spent that dollar on a sheer win. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, I'm really trying to, th- uh, yeah, I'm really trying to think what we walked away with that day. There, for some reason, the, the thing that I remember buying that day was I remember buying. I came across a few copies of Captain America number twenty-five, the mm-hmm. Brubaker one. That's the one where Captain America dies. Because mm-hmm. that that was a big issue, and I found like there was one box that had that just had a bunch of them for some reason. I don't really know why, but I didn't buy like a fistful of them. I probably bought like three or four of those copies of Are they those worth comics. something now? <laughs> What'd you say? Are they worth something now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, they they probably are, but I bought them and just gave them away to my friends. Nice, nice. Yeah, that was something I remember you used to do quite a bit. Just, I, I, I in fact, I still think you you do it. I, I still do that, man. Yeah. I'll still buy stuff that that looks interesting, if, or stuff that I like. I already have a copy of it, and I'll know it's good, and I'll just buy stuff and and give it to people, man. Yeah. Oh man, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I can't for the life of me recall what I walked away with from that sale. Uh, the other thing I remember about that day was as we were driving home, or maybe we were driving to a restaurant to get something to eat afterwards. Yeah. But while we were on the street, there was this car next to us, and there were, I don't know, like four or five people in their 20s in there. <laughs> yeah. They had, they were clearly <laughs> listening to some music, and they were just like super into it, and you know, yeah. doing that head banging thing, and they were, yeah, they were all they singing were along. <laughs> you remember that? I do remember that. They were rocking out. Yeah, and, and we were trying we were to just, you were trying to guess what they were listening to, what they yeah. were rocking out to. Yeah, and I think I said something like, "I bet it's like a Lannis Morissette or something." <laughs> it was like something really ridiculous. I was like, "I, I think to... I said they're listening to Sarah McLachlan." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally not headbanging music. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We were just trying to pick the most ridiculous thing that they could be listening to. Stephen a lot King's of more sense might have made more sense. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening to a book on tape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're they're listening to the audio version of the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> oh man. You know what was another really memorable day of questing? There was this one day, I think I don't remember what year it was, but one year the friends of the SFPL had their twenty-five cent sale. Yeah. And it happened to fall on the same day as Lee's anniversary sale. Like oh, Lee's man. Comics in Mountain used to have yeah. their anniversary sale where they'd have a bunch of quarter bins. And I remember we went to the library sale in the morning first because I think it, it opened earlier. And it was in San Francisco, which is where yeah. we live. So we were there for until they closed at like, I don't know, two or three. Yeah. And then as soon as we were done, man, we didn't even eat lunch or anything. We just drove straight to Mountain View <laughs> yeah. to go to Lee's. And yeah. that day, I remember it was raining pretty crazy, man. It was like no, I remember that too. really heavy rain. We got yeah. on the freeway, 
and some car cut us off and splashed so much water on the windshield we couldn't see for like two seconds. Yeah, that it was, was pretty a pretty scary. hectic day. Yeah, I I don't remember if this was the same day, but I remember there was one day where I feel like. I feel like we might have done like a whole day of sales because we went to the Mountain View lease and then we went to the other lease that was in like San Mateo. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do that all the time too. That was crazy. Like it was like a a whole day of just shopping for comics. Yeah. We would leave San Francisco super early or we'd leave probably around like nine or 10, get get to the Mountain View lease right when they opened, spend all the time there, you know, probably, probably uh, up until like two o'clock maybe stop for lunch but probably more likely just go straight back up to san mateo dig in there until they close at like nine or ten yeah i think they closed at nine on that on that day and then we just walk out with this massive hall of comics and and then have a late (laughs) dinner at heidi's pies yeah yeah that was uh those are some pretty crazy and hectic times man yeah man and i i have to admit that when as those as those sales were going on in the back of my mind it it felt futile futile because we would be at one sale but in the back of my mind i'd be thinking man this other sale is going on right now simultaneously yeah. and what i bet someone's buying up all the good stuff exactly yeah. <laughs> what are we missing <laughs> so like no matter what we did there was always a part of me that was like i bet somebody's buying up something i need right now <laughs> i know <laughs> oh man dude i I, re- I remember this other time uh we were we were in somebody's wedding and <laughs> <laughs> in between the the ceremony and the reception there was a sale going on and we went yeah. to that sale <laughs> in, in the of the day. Yeah. We were, we were wearing our, our suits and we yeah. had the boutonnieres and everything. And then we walked walked into the store. We were digging in there for like an hour. And then the yeah. guy at the store was like, Are you guys in a wedding right now? Or did you guys come from a wedding? And we were like, Yeah, we did. And and then he, he looked at how we matched and he was like, Wait, are you guys in the wedding? <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the funny thing, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I remember we like the thing that I remember was we weren't even intending on going to the sale because we were just like, it's too important. We're part of this wedding. But there was a break in the day and they were like, well, we're not, you know, we've already done the ceremony and the banquet and the dinner aren't for like a couple hours. And and the restaurant, from what I remember, was not that far from the comic book store right it was only like 45 minutes away oh no you're right you're right you're right we, the hotel was okay so <laughs> so you know it was just one of those things where we were talking about it and then we checked the the watch our watches and we were just like do you think we could do it and next thing you know it was like i guess we're doing it <laughs> yeah. we're basically like the town drunk that swears off ever going to the bar again, but walks by the bar and just goes inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then on top of that, so we came back and uh, we, we reconnected with the wedding party. And uh, on our way back, we bought like um, a card because, you know, you, it's it's a wedding. So we wanted to put our condolences in this card. 
Condol- and, yeah. or not condolences, but you know, our <laughs> congratulations. Sorry. But so we're, we're in the hallway. Slip, <laughs> Freud didn't slip indeed, but we were in the hallway writing our congratulations and, uh, our friend, the groom sees us and he's like, Oh, you guys didn't have to go buy a card, you know, cause he knew that we were like a little late coming back and we just looked at each other and we were like, Oh no, we wanted to get the card for you. It's okay. <laughs> funny thing Uh, is is that we didn't even go buy that card during the break that was a card (laughs) that that we had earlier and we just didn't you know write in it until that moment (laughs) Uh, that was fun man that was funny (laughs) pretty funny stuff man yeah you want to talk about some of the highlights of the quests that we've had over the years yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely I'm gonna start with some of the more recent, less memorable things or less worth uh, things that are less worthy of mention, if only because you know I want to end on a good say. note. <laughs> so okay. actually, uh, here, I have a question for you, Albert. Yeah, sure. What would you say was the easiest quest you ever completed? Uh, I'd actually have two. Uh, so. During that one sale that you described where it was raining, mm-hmm. from what I remember, we went to the the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library sale, and I remember I put together the entire run of Matt Fraction's uh, Iron Man. His, like, I forget how many issues that is, but Invincible it was... Invincible Iron Man? Yeah, it was substantial... You know, maybe like close to eighty-five or something like that. Eighty-five yeah, issues, I want to say. It was a lot, man. Yeah, because it took up a substantial chunk of, like maybe a quarter, or like a third of a long box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I just remember like finding all the issues and you know looking at the pile in front of me and, uh just kind of wrestling with myself to decide whether I was going to take it or not. And ultimately I just decided I had to take it because how often do you run into an entire series by a single creator that's that long in one sitting, right? Like Mm -hmm. I just had to at that point. So I ended up buying that. But the funny thing was it was not a complete quest not not really, because uh, as we were looking at the issues at the end of the day, I found one issue, and whoever owned the comic previous, something, he might have had, like, moist hands, or he was, he might have been holding something wet before, because there was this, this fat thumbprint smudge on the cover. Like, <laughs> it was really gross, too, and I was just like, dang it. So I did. I did end up having to look for that for a while after that, but ultimately I did eventually find it, and uh, you know that was a huge relief. Uh, the other comic that I wanted to, the the other comic that I thought was the easiest quest for me to complete was uh, Doctor Fate by J M D Mateus, and I forgot who the artist is. But McManus. But the funny thing is, so this was one that you put together for me because 
you basically found all of it except for one issue and yeah. you just bought it and you gave it to me and you were like dude it's almost the whole thing you're just missing one issue right that was on your birthday wasn't it because i think it was black friday oh yeah yeah i guess it was i i like yeah but here's the funny thing a couple months earlier i was at jeffrey's toys at their old location <laughs> and i was just in one of my moods to go buy a comic and i remember drew would tell me about dr fate he would talk up dr fate a lot so i was just in um in jeffrey's toys just looking at a bunch of random comics and they had some dr fate so i just picked up like two or three issues on a whim just at random and i was just holding on to it uh i forget if i had read those a uh, couple of issues at that point or not but uh regardless i still had them and the funny thing is when drew gave me the all the issues that he did find one issue that was missing just happened to be one of the issues that i picked up that day uh like so good, a few man. months earlier so it was so just like good. dude <laughs> past albert did something right exactly <laughs> <laughs> what about you drew what's what's the easiest quest that you've ever completed it's got to be something along the same lines, man. It's got to be the stuff where you find where I found the whole thing in one sitting, you know, mm. you know, finding a full run of something. Um, I mean, I'd really have to look at my collection to recall exactly what what's what run I had found all at once, because sometimes, well, when you find a full run of something all at once. You don't necessarily don't, put it on the spreadsheet. Yeah, we don't write it down on the spreadsheet. <laughs> I should, yeah. but I think if that ever happens again, I, I probably will, just so I can see what I what I got and remember yeah. what I got. Yeah. But uh, one thing that does come to mind was that I think it was the same day when you found those Invincible Iron Mans, because for some reason, whatever the friends of the library were selling, they must have come across somebody's private collection because yeah. the stuff was organized in order and there were you know consecutive issues of a, a bunch of different series yeah and i mean these are all the, comics that are donated so that makes perfect sense yeah exactly and when you found the box that had all the fraction invincible iron mans i was looking in the box that had a bunch of avengers comics mm. and this was avengers comics from like the you know like 2004 and up so it was basically bendis's new avengers but it also had uh, all the spin-offs and and the other Avengers titles and I did end up buying the Bendis New Avengers stuff. There were a couple issues that I was missing because I think somebody else had gotten to this to that box before me and bought, you know, someone bought issue one of the yeah. series, you know, yeah. and a couple of other random issues here. They bought and there. the one with Wolverine being venomized. Yeah, I think that was like issue 34 or something like that yeah. or 36. So, so like those two issues I was missing, and it took me, it did take me a long time to find those for a quarter. Yeah. But uh, one of the other Avengers runs that I found, like it was also, uh, it wasn't Bendis's run, but uh, Brubaker had a run on Secret Avengers, mm. and I found his Secret Avengers. Actually, it was like the full that entire volume. It was like the Bendis stuff, the Nick Spencer arc the Warren Ellis arc and the Rick Remender run. So it was like that entire volume of secret Avengers. So that, that made, that made it pretty easy, man. That was, 
the yeah. full series uh, in one shot. No brainer. Yeah, and I, I ended up buying those Bendis New Avengers comics too. And there were some other Bendis comics in there, like the his second volume of New Avengers, and then there was also his Avengers and Mighty Avengers, and some of the miniseries and and what associated one shots. Like there were yeah. there was a bunch of it in there. Um, scattered issues were missing here and there, but yeah. eventually I did manage to to track those down. But okay. uh, yeah, I'd say the Secret Avengers stuff was an easy quest that that comes to mind. Okay, so I feel like we asked. Well, before I ask a question, do, do you have any other uh, completed sets that you are proud of or super satisfied with having found? Oh man, there's a bunch of those, man. Like, we're, you got to be more specific, man. Like, where, well, where do you want me uh, to start? Just, do you have any anecdotes uh, regarding, like, just a quest that was really easy to complete or I mean, I'm basically asking about the previous question that we just asked, like if there were any other ones that you wanted to mention, cause I do have another question. Um, mm -hmm. but if, uh, cause if not, I'm going to ask my question. Okay. So just in terms of easy quests. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other easy quest um, that comes to mind is the unwritten by Mike Carey and Peter Gross. Nice. So this is, of Vertigo series, one of the one of the last truly great long-running Vertigo series, man. And like I finally got around to reading it early in the pandemic last year. Mm. And we we, we st for our longtime listeners, we still haven't finalized our top twenty-five DC comics, but I would have to say the Unwritten is in serious consideration because it it really is that good. Mm. But but here's Here's my story of how I got the entire thing. So the Unwritten was, I think it was 72 issues. Seven, it was either like 71 or 72 issues total, including, uh, so like the, the ongoing series was 54 issues, but there were also five issues that were 0.1 issues, if that makes sense. Mm. So, and then, and on top of that, uh, the finale of The Unwritten was a 12-issue maxi-series called The Unwritten Apocalypse. So that was another 12 issues. Um, and what happened with The Unwritten was I had never actually bought or read any of it when it first came out. I had my eye on it because it was written by Mike Carey and I always liked his stuff. Mm. But I, for some whatever reason, man, I always just put it off and I was like, if I could ever find a bunch of it for cheap, I'll get it. And then one day I was at Jeffrey's Toys where they have the three for a dollar bin. And this was, I actually had this written down in, in the spreadsheet, so I remember. But back in 2014, man, the Unwritten Apocalypse had come out that year. And I think it finished in 2015. But so maybe, maybe I bought the issues in 2015, but it was either 2014 or 2015. I had found the last 12 issues in the three for a dollar bin. Mm. And I figured, okay, I've never read any of the unwritten, but I have all 12 of the last issues <laughs> in the a row. Yeah. Yeah. So at least I can find out how it ends and, you know, I can read that. And if I like it, I can always go backwards. Right. 
that was yeah. my logic and it was like dude it's it's 12 straight issues of a of a series so i might as well just get it so i bought that held on to it didn't read it for several years and then in 2016 when we were at the library sale i found issues 1 through 54 or or not no i was missing i think it was like issues 1 through 49 including mm. all of the point 1 issues so yeah. I, I was i was only missing the last uh the last story arc like it was five issues yep and there was also a hardcover graphic novel that had come out as part of the series and i i didn't have that either so i had everything except for those so i was like man maybe at, on black friday i can just look for a sale and buy the last trade paperback for the last arc and buy the hardcover just to complete the set so I can read everything. Yeah. But a couple months after I found all those issues at the library sale, I was at, we were at the San toy Jose Expo. super toy and comic book show. Yep. And there was a bin there, a quarter bin there from some guy who was selling stuff. And I found the exact issues that I was missing. Yep. So I bought those for a quarter. And then at that point, the only thing I really needed was the hardcover original graphic novel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that very same year on Black Friday, TFAW had their Black Friday or month-long progressive sale. And I ended up finding that hardcover for, I think it was four bucks. <laughs> oh, man. I know. So cool. So, you know, it's like a, a $25 hardcover and I got it for yeah. four bucks. So, that you know what? It, yeah, it completed me, man. Yeah, you know what it's like. It's like when you're playing uh, Street Fighter and you just make the perfect combo. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's just that feeling of just satisfaction. <laughs> totally, man. That's exactly what it was. And I finally read it early in the pandemic last year, and it's it was one of the best things I've read during this entire pandemic so yeah i'm definitely worth keeping i'm super glad i found that for cheap very good very good yeah i remember uh being there when you found all those comics and i i shared in your excitement for it because it you know it, ju it just feels good to be able to complete something it you know what it's like it's like having a puzzle and putting that last piece in and being able to marvel yes, at it. Exactly. You know? That's exactly what it is like, man. Yeah, for sure. What I was, was the uh, question you were going to ask me earlier? I was going to say, so if uh, now that we've discussed, you know, the easiest quests uh, I, or, you know, the things that we were glad to get, um, like, I feel like we... It, like, I feel it has to be asked, but do you remember ever putting anything back that you regretted not not getting? What are some things that you think about, uh, that, uh, things that you put back that you still think about today, I guess? Oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. You might have to remind, remind me, man, because I'm pretty sure there have been times when I've told you I regretted putting something back. Yeah. Um... Well, okay, here's one that I thought about semi-recently, and this, okay, so I think this this was maybe the last uh, Friends of the 
public library sale that we went are, to. Are you thinking of the east of west that we put that? Yeah. Put back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we we found most, if not all, of east of west by Jonathan Hickman. It wasn't all of it. It was most of it. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah. There. It was missing some issues here and there. That's but, that's the main reason why we put it back. But the funny thing is, um, I th- I forget. We might have been in a hurry because they were closing, or we might have been on our way to something else. But I remember we just ended up – it ended up being a situation where we were just grabbing a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, to the point where – yeah, I, I think they were closing, and we just had to, like, take you what had to we rush. had. Yeah. yeah. So when we were – when the day was over and we were sitting, I think, at your house, and we were just kind of organizing our stacks, between us, we – there was a bunch of stuff that we bought that were duplicates or, you know, things that we didn't need. Yeah. And looking at the stack that we had, I remember thinking, if we hadn't bought this stuff, we could have easily bought East of West, and it would have been more or less the same. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> it's because we didn't have enough time to cull the stuff that we had grabbed. Yeah. Yeah. It hurt, man. Like that day, I remember finding. A bunch of uh, Wolverine and the X Men by Jason Aaron, but I this was something I had already started collecting, and I was just trying to fill in gaps. And because of that, uh, I was just grabbing every Wolverine and the X Men issue that I could find, and I ended up having a bunch of duplicates of those. <laughs> I was just like, dang it! <laughs> <laughs> you can't. We can't discuss our victories without discussing our failures sometimes man <laughs> i know what you mean man yeah actually for some reason you just made me remember another fun story um and this was one where where i th- i thought i had lost because one of the things that i've been collecting for quite some time was the jeff parker run on thunderbolts mm. and for a really long time i was missing this one issue i, I don't remember the number it let's just say it was like issue 168 yeah, but I was missing this one issue for a really long time, like for for at least like two years, and then we went to a library sale and there was a box that had Jeff Parker's Thunderbolts in it. It was like the entire run, except for that one issue, man. I got I was looking through the box and I was like, dude, they have everything except for the one issue that I don't have, <laughs> and and then I was I was disappointed, man, and. At the end of the day, when we got back to to your house and we were looking at all the stuff, you pull you had that issue, man, and you 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 went through that box before me and you pulled that issue out and you surprised <laughs> me with it. Yeah, I I remember finding it and I pulled it out and I really wanted to savor that knowledge, so I made it a point not to tell you and I just wanted to wait until the end of the day just to be like, oh by the way, here. <laughs> Uh, that was great man yeah yeah the other thing that i remember was uh we went to uh it was another time we went to the san jose sale and there were these two long boxes and i remember there was a bunch of stuff in them i think there was a bunch of uncanny x-force in there and i think one of the things that you didn't pick up and i don't know how much you well, actually, maybe you did pick it up. Did you end up getting the Matt Fraction Thors from that no, box? No, I never ended up getting those. Yeah. Okay, so I I think that was something... 
I don't know if you regret it, but it was something that I remember being uh, discussed where it was like, oh, I felt like it, they might have had all of it, right? Or no? Man, I, I don't remember. The thing I the thing that you made me remember, though, was um, not not the Matt Fraction Thor, but I think it, I think it was the Journey into Mystery run mm. by uh, Kieran Gillen. I remember coming across a full run of that, and we ended up not, neither one of us ended up getting it. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. I mean, I do remember that that box had some good stuff, though, in it. I, I want to say there was a bunch of Avengers stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which run, but uh, it was definitely one of those things where we were walking through the San Jose sale, and I don't think there was much, but that the this one random booth had good stuff in those boxes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't remember for the life of me what I I ended up getting from it. I think I might have gotten Justice Society by Alex Ross. Uh, the you know the sequel to Kingdom Come. I think that might have been what I got from that box. Oh, okay, I th- I think I remember that the specific sale you're talking about. Yeah, because I I do remember they had those uh, Avengers comics. And I think I yeah. did find a couple issues I might have needed. I think they also had a bunch of issues of Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force. Yeah, that's what I was saying. No, I remember, because another dude found it, and he was pulling them out. And yeah. I, I saw, and at this point, you hadn't had those comics, but I remember yeah. you were, like, looking at that dude's pile, and... I was jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no two ways about it, man. I can't yeah. sugarcoat how I was feeling. I was, I was jealous, man. Yeah, you were just like, oh, that guy, he he just happened to be here first, and he got it all. Yeah. I think what I ended up buying from that box was uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, or... Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Second volume of Ultimate Spider-Man, the one that had the white covers. Because there was a bunch in there, from what I remember. Yeah, it was was almost a full run. I think I was only missing, like, one or two issues, because I had... I had all the trade paperbacks of the f- very first volume that went that lasted for you know hundred something issues up up through yeah. uh, and then when they relaunched the series, I never ended up getting those trades. So I, I found those issues for cheap, and I just had to get them. Yeah, no, I remember that because that was kind of a huge deal too. Yeah. Like all those Bendis Spider Mans in one go. Yeah, it was like, yeah. dude. I think I was just missing one issue, and it w- I think it was the one that had Black Cat on the cover. Okay, okay. <laughs> At least it wasn't <laughs> Black Cat being controlled by Venom. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a symbiote or anything. It was just Black Cat. <laughs> it wasn't a Deadpool Black Cat either. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's one of those things where... For some reason, anytime there's a symbiote on the cover or Deadpool on the cover, the comic gets kind of hard to find, and that's that irks yeah. me, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, in fact, one of my uh, ongoing quests is uh, is an issue of Moon Knight, and I think the crossover. Well, no, for the longest time, uh, I miss. I was missing two issues for the longest time. One of them was a Moon Knight crossover with Deadpool, 
and the other one was a Moon Knight crossover with Spider-Man. I, I ended up finding the one where he crosses over with Deadpool for a buck, but that Spider-Man uh, cover is still, it still eludes me to this day. This is the uh, the Jerome Pena run? Uh, this is, uh, I think Jerome Pena drew some of it. I don't think he drew the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurwitz wrote it, though. Greg. Okay. I think Greg Hurwitz is his name. Yeah. Um, this was Vengeance of the Moon Knight? Vengeance oh. of the Moon Knight. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. The funny thing is, uh, I've checked online for, for that missing issue, and I, I've been to... I went to this one site called mycomicshop.com and that issue goes for like 85 bucks or something like that. Something ridiculous. Screw that. Yeah. It's yeah. See, this is why we hate those people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Speaking of longest running incomplete quests, one of the longest active quests that I have that I've never been able to complete up to this point is finding Black Panther number 23 by Christopher Priest from that run. Yeah. So this is another comic that has Deadpool in it. And Uh I actually got the entire, have the entire series except for that one issue. And I got the entire series in 2007. So it's been 14 years I've been looking for issue 23 and I could, I've never been able to find it for cheap, you know, like I'm yeah. again, it's one of those things where if I go online and I'm willing to spend, you know, double digit dollars, yeah, I guess I could buy it, but there's no way I'm going to do that. Yeah. Not for, not for that, man. Like there's, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. I might as well just buy the trade paperback that has that issue. Yeah. And at this point, the, you know, in the aftermarket sales, like it's not like you're, it's not like that extra money goes to the publisher and you know that information doesn't go to them so that they go oh this this comic is doing really well so we got to give priest more work or whatever like the only person that makes money at that point is the dealer or you know the comic book shop parasite that's selling it Yeah. yeah so yeah that's it's it's the heartbreak of what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another uh, really long running incomplete quest I have is the John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake Spectre series from the nineties. So yeah. this, this was something I started back in 2008. 2008 was when I got the first, I'd say 28 or 35 issues. So like I had I started off with a substantial chunk of it and over the years I've slowly chipped away at it, you know, like there it's like every year I've just been able to find a small handful of issues. And I think there was another issue. uh, I think it was like issue 51 that was kind of hard to find. And I I think I ended up paying around cover price for that last year Mm. uh, when you ordered some stuff off mycomicshop.com. But this issue 62 is extremely hard to find because it was the last issue of the series. And you got to remember the time period. It was the late 90s. So it had a smaller print run. And on top of that, it was also the first appearance of the modern day Mr. Terrific. Yeah. So this comic is just 
stupid expensive and i don't yeah. i mean i'm not even i don't even think it was it's extremely expensive but the fact that it's expensive at all is stupid yeah yeah that's what i'm saying what uh what was the other issue was uh that you were missing for the longest time the the one with the joker on the cover yeah yeah I, no that one i i remember i found that for you for a buck because yeah. i ended up going to chicago and uh i was looking in their back issue bins and they just happened to have it which was i mean it's a win and you know it worked out because i just happened to be in chicago but realistically speaking if he had to fly all the way to chicago just to get that one issue yeah that would for a dollar it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't have been worth it <laughs> that would have been hundreds of dollars <laughs> and the yeah. thing that that hurts even more is that this is a series that dc will not reprint it's a great series a fantastic series featuring one of the you know it, it's the specter is a very powerful character but he's not one of the most popular characters you know like this is the most probably the definitive run on the specter the at least the, the classic so. specter yeah <laughs> but for some reason dc just will not reprint it they've they've tried reprinting it in the past I think they actually did one or two trade paperbacks of the early issues. They give but, up partway through. Yeah, they 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 quit because those trades didn't end up selling. So yeah. there there's no way that they would ever continue the trade paperback collections. I'm pretty sure they would never do an omnibus even if they made a movie based on the Spectre. Like it's it's just hard to imagine, man, that that would ever happen. So the only way is to get lucky and for me to somehow find issue 62 for cheap somewhere yeah. or just order or just buy the digital version off comiXology. Yeah. But it's just not the same, man. You know, I, I've got 61 of the actual issues and then one digital issue of the last yeah, one. Yeah. It's weird. That would annoy me. Yeah. It ain't the I same. Did- I did end up reading the first two trades of those, and I liked it immensely. But seeing as how, you know, I seeing as how I've watched you struggle to find those last issues, like I'll yeah. come across issues of the Spectre too, and sometimes I'll be tempted to try to get it, but I was just like, no way, man, I'm not doing that to myself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but. I did end up buying the first two trades on Comixology, so I do have those digitally. And if the rest of the series, if there's ever a sale where they go for 99 cents or something like that, I might try to just get the rest of it for a buck. It'll it'll be pricey, but I think it'll be the only way that I can read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless I get that last issue, then you can just borrow mine. Yeah, yeah, which would be <laughs> awesome. Oh, comics. What were some of your more memorable quests, Albert? Oh, man. Oh, geez. There's just... I'm trying to think. Like, we've been doing this for so long, and I think... I want to say that... Um, well, okay, I'll say this much, but your your knowledge of comics is definitely more in-depth than mine is. And I think for the most part, I, I, I just generally go with gut instinct uh, because I, 
I don't know. Part of my thrill is I just want to come across something that I'm completely ignorant of, read it, and feel validated and vindicated in, like, finding something that's a complete hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so because of that, I end up getting a lot of crap, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, I end up donating or getting rid of more of the books uh, that I do uh, put together. But yeah. in recent years, I, I have been better about that, uh, about uh, putting the thing, uh, about being more selective about what I'm getting. Um, yeah, in, in terms of things that I'm really happy to have gotten and completed, uh, I okay, one of them is has got to be J.M. DeMatteis' Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a series that was a long time coming, and it's something that they never collected uh, in, a, in a collected edition. They might, I don't know, it's, it's not in an epic collection or anything, is it? It's not, it's, not, a, not yeah. currently, and as far as I know, nothing's been announced. Yeah, so this was something that I had read in bits and pieces as a kid and we've mentioned it on this podcast several times but um you know even as a kid i knew that it was something different something special Mm -hmm. and being able to finally get it as an adult and read it i can confirm that it was as good if not better than i remember it you know because it's just it's just something that as an adult, when you read it, you pick up on a lot more of the nuance and the the subtle drama of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely a great win, especially sure. because it's not collected at all, man. So yeah. you got it the only way that it could be yeah. read, you know? And on that same note, another series that was a long time coming for me uh, that I was super happy to finally complete was the specter also the specter but this was by jmd mateus as well um i forget who i want to say p craig russell drew some of the covers uh i forget who the interior art was but this was something where at this point in my life i was becoming more aware of jmd mateus as a writer and my fondness of him Mm -hmm. so when I found this series, uh, I was like, I, I was, yeah, I was right at that point where I was becoming more aware of him. Uh, so I ended up picking up a bunch of those uh, Spectre comics that he did. And that is something, so you, you mentioned how the Ostrander Spectre was something that they've never collected I feel like the JMD Mateus Spectre is something that's even less likely to yeah, that's ever true. have a collection because at least the Ostrander collection, at least you got those first two trades, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think these JMD Mateus Spectres are even going to get that, quite honestly. Yeah, that's true. You know? If they if they did make two trades, two trades would probably be able to fit the entire series. Yeah, yeah. I will See, that's say, the kind though, of thing I wish they would just make a hardcover, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I totally buy that. I did end up reading it, and I will say that it was a good series. Uh, it's it's been a while since I've read it, but 
and and the the details are murky to me, but I do remember walking away thinking that it just left me with a good feeling, and I remember being super satisfied that I had it, and mm-hmm. it's definitely mm-hmm. something I want to go back and read again. Uh, but I will say this: if if I ever find, you know, if if say Comicsology ever does a sale on those, I'd probably pick those up on digital, if only because. I don't know how long my paper copies will last <laughs> and yeah. you know if they deteriorate I I'd feel pretty bad at not being able to read them again or have them or own them in some way, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. The ravages of time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Okay, well, uh do you want to go into some of the stuff that we've read recently, uh, you know, and just what our thoughts are. Well, here's here's something that I'm currently reading. I'm in the midst of reading, uh, not literally as we speak right now, but, you know, when I'm reading my comics. <laughs> yeah. But one of the sets that I completed was the Kurt Busiek run on Avengers. Hmm. That was... I don't know. It was around 60 some odd issues or so, I think. Yeah. It it started in I think like 1998 and yeah. went through the early 2000s. A bunch of the early issues were drawn by George Perez. I mean, I I know he's a fan favorite especially for people of a certain age, but I, I'm not particularly uh super fond of him or anything. Right now, I've only read about, I don't know, like the first 13 issues or so. Somewhere. Yeah. So I'm still pretty early in the run. Um, I think what made me end up buying these comics was because there was a day when I just found a fat chunk of them for cheap in a quarter bin. And it wasn't all of it, but sometimes... You know how sometimes you just find a chunk of stuff and you mm. just end up buying it and you tell yourself, oh, I can uh, complete this at some point. It's doable now. You know, like I've got like, yeah, I've got like 85 percent of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it was one of those things, man, where I probably found like 80 percent of it in one go and then spent like the next couple of years keeping an eye out for the rest of it to see if I could find them for a quarter. Mm. Right, and it, right, it, it right. took some time, but. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but a couple of years, eventually got it all, and I don't know, man. For some reason, lately I've just been in kind of an Avengers mood. Like nice. I reread the Hickman Avengers a few months, well, more than a few months ago now. I re- I reread the Hickman Avengers at the end of last year, and I've still been in kind of an Avengers mood. So I was like, you know what? I've got the Busiek Avengers, so I think I'll just read through all of those. And then um, I still have my Bendis Avengers. So maybe after I finish the Busiek stuff, I'll go straight into the Bendis stuff. Dang. Yeah. So it's a a lot. A massive run, man. Yeah. And the thing with the Busiek Avengers is that most of this stuff is stuff that I've read in the past. It's been a lot of years since the last time I did read them. Yeah. But I feel like they're kind of like the ideal quarter bin comics because 
no disrespect to Busiek or any of the artists who worked on them. Like these are fun comics, but they're not mm-hmm. necessarily anything where I feel like I gotta get the omnibus or a deluxe hardcover of them. You know? Yeah. Like, these no, are no, just no. Comics. I totally know how you feel, man. Yeah, like you these know? are just comics that that I can feel good about having a, a stack of them. You know, and like yeah. I'll just pull one off like whenever I feel like reading something simple where I don't have to think too hard or or yeah. you know it, it's it's like just really straightforward superhero comics yeah so that like, i guess that's the appeal there's a weird sort of hierarchy of ways that you are willing to own things like yeah. i think <laughs> no like I'm, I'm being completely serious like the things that you absolutely not not you specifically i just mean oh the, okay the, i thought you were i thought you were about to deconstruct me no 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 uh, you're far too complicated to deconstruct. <laughs> <laughs> you is an onion in a Rubik's cube, in <laughs> in a trigonometry problem. <laughs> in an iceberg. In an iceberg. <laughs> but uh, I I just mean generally speaking, um, like the things that we truly love and uh, want to own. In some physical form, I imagine we would get in a hardcover or a deluxe edition or a absolute edition or something like that. Mm. And, you know, and then you have things that you like, but you don't necessarily have to own them in the best edition possible. And that's where you can own it as a quarter bin comic or digital edition or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's exactly what it is. Yeah, for sure, man. And, like, speaking of Avengers comics, um, one of the things that I've read recently was I came, I ended up coming across a bunch of Avengers by Mark Wade, in which is a more recent era of the Avengers. And I think it's one that doesn't get as much recognition or affection as, like, Hickman or Busiek. In fact, mm-hmm. I'd probably go as far as to say that even at the time that it was coming out, it probably got a lot more hate, not necessarily because of the quality of the book, but it was just, it, it is polarizing times and people were saying that his run on the Avengers, Mark Wade's run on the Avengers because of who he is and because of what was happening in the books, uh, they were saying that the company was doing things to, to the Avengers that was making it so that it wasn't the classic Avengers. It wasn't their Avengers, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. that's kind of the point of the Avengers. The Avengers is never their Avengers, right? Like, every yeah. incarnation of the Avengers is always different. Like, there's always... Yeah. It's always for the current audience, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, somebody who, who read Avengers comics in the 80s isn't going to consider the Avengers of the 90s or the 2000s their Avengers. But there are people that don't seem to get that, and they looked at that specific era of Avengers as a blight. (laughs) Yeah, because they were comic skaters? Comic skaters are just idiots. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, Mark Wade is one of the top enemies of comics gate so yeah it's to be expected that there would be a hate campaign against him and his work but i will admit i read it and 
it's it's definitely worth checking out. Like, I don't think it deserves any of the ire that those people put on it. Yeah. You know? So I, I can say that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this was only like, a few years ago, right? It was what only a was few, Well, uh, I don't think it was only a few years ago. It, it's been a while now. Uh, 2015. Oh, okay. So it's already been like six years. Dang. Yeah. What have we done with our lives in six years? I've grown older with every passing day. That's true. And I've put on more weight. See? We've done things. Uh, yeah. You are right. We are... <laughs> We we are we are less attractive today than we were six years ago. Yeah, we're li- we're living decomposition. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know, between the two of us, we've got a pretty hefty run on Avengers. Um, we do. We do. Heck, man, I'm one of my current quests is the current Jason Aaron Avengers. So, yeah, That's there right. we go. Yeah, like if if we ever wanted to just sit down and do a read, well, the one arrow we, we might be missing is the Ewing era. Yeah, that's true. I, I I don't own any of those. I also don't own any of the Chuck Austin issues. Uh, I got the twenty-five cent Chuck Austin issue. I think <laughs> you still have it. I think so. I mean, it was a quarter. It was like whatever. <laughs> it, I mean, it had a. Uh, it had art by Olivier Coipel. Yeah, and that was good-looking art. So true that. True that. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Uh. Like, speaking of X-Force earlier, one of the recent 25-cent completed quests that I I was reading, and to be fair, I didn't actually complete this, but you you did most of the heavy lifting on on this part. You you gave me a bunch of issues and even a few trade paperbacks that you had found for cheap at the Green Apple, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you bequeathed me with the... The quest of completing it, and I ended up ultimately finding the issues that I was missing. And I just finished reading Uncanny X Force by Rick Remender, uh, and various artists, uh, just earlier this week, actually, two, th- about two, three days ago. Yeah. Well, so, what's the verdict, Albert? Cool or uncool? Very cool. It's very cool. I this was something that you. You've been recommending to me for a while, and just listening to your enthusiasm about it, it got me hyped for it for the longest time. So, you know, I was looking forward to finally reading it, and when now that I've finally gotten a chance to sit down and uh, go through it, I can I can see what you were seeing, and I can honestly say that the hype was well deserved. It's mm-hmm. it's a good comic. It's a good action comic. It's a thinking man's action comic for sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those superhero comics that actually takes a lot of time to deal with the ramifications of all the violence. Like basically, yeah. like that 
that first story arc deals with the just the idea of killing child apocalypse and almost everything else kind of spirals out of that one choice yeah it's the entire series is about the consequences of their actions and living mm-hmm. with those consequences yeah. and just the different ways to look at those decisions, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. They constant like throughout the course of the entire series, they're constantly touching back on that idea of if we're, if our entire mission statement is to preemptively kill um, potential threats before they become threats, what does that mean for us moving forward? What does that do to us? And mm-hmm. and in a few of the stories, it even comes to a point where they take the opposite stance, which is, are we truly wrong in doing this? I mean, aren't there situations where we need to, where we have to? Mm-hmm. So it's it's something that tackles that subject matter from various perspectives and angles just to have a more comprehensive dialogue on it. It's It's interesting stuff. Yeah, it's got a lot of depth to it cuz so yeah. many so many other corporate superhero comics they're just they they don't really take a lot of time to deal with the ramifications of the violence that's yeah. inherent to the genre. Like they kill not, apocalypse and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. do we kill next week? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or yeah. or even uh the opposite where it's like they don't kill the bad guy and they just, you know, lock him up or whatever, and it, they kind of move on to the next, uh, the next adventure where they they fight somebody, yeah. Um, you know, and whether whether or not the heroes kill the bad guy, it. At they the just end don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I was also gonna say at the end of the day, there the stories are still centered around violence. You know, like they're yeah. The, the resolution to most of their problems is just the good guy knocking out the bad guy or killing the bad guy, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But you rarely... There aren't as many comics as you think that have the superheroes examine themselves and each other for uh, the things that they've done, you know? There's not... Yeah. And I thought the way that Remender handled it in Uncanny X-Force was not only fitting for the characters in the story, but it was also a pretty good commentary on the nature of superhero comics in general, you know? So it works on like multiple levels where you have like, if you just want to read it for the story and, you know, the, the characters and the adventure, it works on that level. But if you, if you look at it from the perspective of uh, a, a piece of meta commentary on the genre, it works on that level too. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's, those are the kind of superheroes I really dig, man. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Have you been uh, reading anything else in, for, uh, you know, any other completed quest in recent times? Uh, there were some that I read uh, somewhat recently. The other recent thing I, I can say, this is kind of like a mixed... Quarter quest slash trade paperback quest, but I finished reading Hitman by Garth Ennis and John McRae. Nice. Uh, I also finished reading that earlier this week. But for me, so so for me, this was a different kind of quest where I was just trying to get it 
as cheap as I possibly could find it. Yeah. And many years ago, probably, I don't know, I might have still been in college, or maybe it was like very early uh, in my life as an as a working adult. But I've, I'd come across the first four or five trade paperbacks of Hitman. Mm. And here's the thing about Hitman: it's a so in case you guys uh, don't know what Hitman is, it's it was a DC series from the late 90s, mid to late 90s. To I think it ended in the early 2000s, but it it's about this guy named Tommy Monaghan who has the power uh, of X-ray vision and low-level telepathy. Actually, can could... I can I pause you for a second there? Yeah, yeah. Is it Monaghan or is it Moynihan? I always pronounced it Monaghan, but I don't know how you actually pronounce it. Okay. I just pronounced it the way it was spelled. Okay. I was just curious about that because I, I don't know. I think maybe in my mind I always just internalized it as that, but okay. Anyways, go ahead. So yeah, he's he's got low level telepathy, meaning that uh he can read somebody's mind, but it gives him a bad headache. So he rarely uses that power. Mm. He's also a renowned hitman who hangs out at a bar in Gotham City with a bunch of other friends that he that also hang out at the bar, and most of them are other hitmen. Yeah. His thing is that Tommy's thing is that he only takes on the contracts where he kills people who deserve it, basically. So he'll go after, you know, other killers or or uh, gang lords or or drug dealers or or people, you know, people that aren't just. He he doesn't assassinate CEOs that haven't committed any real crimes or anything like that, you know. So that's I was kind gonna of his... say, is he assassinating like uh, MLM uh, <laughs> salespeople or uh, <laughs> <laughs> or or call line call center people <laughs> or what that, are those? That's calls? a good uh, question, man. That is a good question. <laughs> Unfortunately, the series never uh, makes that clear. <laughs> I, I would wanna, I'd want a story about him like murdering pyramid scheme people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a pretty funny concept, but anyway, yeah. I was—I was. That's the thing about Hitman is that I found those first five trades, and back in those, for some reason, the way that DC collected it was all messed up. Like they did these first five trades that collected some of them. I think the first trade only collects like the first three issues, and then the other trades collect somewhere between like four to seven issues, I think, and then. For some reason, after that fifth trade, they stopped doing the trades for the series. And it wasn't until maybe like 10 years later, after the series had already ended, that they decided to continue printing trades. So there was a long period of time in between me reading those first five trades and then DC finally printing the other trades to complete the second half of the series. But when they did the second half of the series... These trades were super thick. Like these, these other trades would have like. 12, they were like double, right? Yeah, they were like twelve or fourteen issues. So after those first two, first five trades, I got the next two trades, which basically took me up to issue fifty. And I, 
I found those two trades for super cheap. I think I think I got them for like either two fifty or five bucks each. Was it from Lee's? Was it that one time we went to Lee's and they they were selling like the sales rack stuff for an additional fifty percent off? No, I think this was at Elusive when they were at their old location. Okay. Okay. They had a sale there. But I I didn't have those last uh the last ten issues of it because that I just didn't see the trade of that on sale when I bought those other two. So I just you know held on to what I did have. And one day we were at some other sale and I found those last ten issues I needed. So I, they were a quarter a pop. So I ended up buying those. So my, my collections like. You know, All the over first the place. Ten issues are <laughs> trades, and then the last ten issues are issues. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, whatever, man. At this point, I just want to read the whole thing in one sitting, and I'm yeah. willing to just get it in a different format. I mean, that's that's uh, it, it. Kind of comes with the territory, right? Uh, for us, uh, especially. Yeah. Since we're not collectors in the sense that. We're gonna be super anal about things having to be a certain way. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I could have gotten the trade, I would have. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, the important thing is just being able to read the dang thing. Exactly. 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 That's that's what matters, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I hear you. What about you? Any other recent quarter bin reads? Um, the other thing that I was gonna read, on a similar note. Or not gonna read the the other series that I recently read on a similar w- note was Thor the Mighty Avenger. This was a series by Roger Landridge, Lang Landridge Langridge, and Chris Samney, and it was something where I had gotten the first. I I think I found like the first three or four issues, maybe even the first five issues at. Uh, at uh, what's it called? At Jeffrey's Toys, I think, from what I remember, at their old location, and mm. you know, it was the first five issues consecutive. And in my mind, I was like, well, at some point, I'm. It's gonna be super easy for me to get the rest of them because, you know, this was shortly after the series had ended, and uh, you know. I figured we would come across the rest of it at some other sale at some point. So I bought the first five issues thinking that it'd be a cakewalk to get them. Mm-hmm. And I, I eventually did find the other issues that I was missing, but th- uh, that very last issue was just super elusive. Um, issue eight was really hard to find. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until last year, or not last year, two, uh, the year before last year when... Uh, Dr. Comics and Mr. Games, this store in uh, Oakland? Berkeley? Yeah, this store in Oakland. I remember going there for a sale, and I was looking through their... They were having a a 50-cent sale, so I was looking through their back issues, and I found this really thick edition of Thor and the Mighty Avengers which for some weird reason collects issues three, four, five, and then issue eight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing is I only needed issue eight, but I was like, well, if this is what it takes to get it, (laughs) (laughs) 
so I bought this really thick edition for 50 cents. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really fun story. I, like, I have a lot of uh, affection for it. It's, I want to say Roger Landridge did those uh, Wizard of Oz uh, for Marvel, right? No, I think you're thinking of Scotty Young, dude. Roger no. Langridge, he did, did those he Muppet it? comics. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, so... Okay, he did those Muppet comics, but the interesting thing is, um, you know, the Muppets and Thor are two very different properties, but I will say that he he does apply a certain wholesome charm to Thor. Uh, so, having read, read it now uh all these years later i do enjoy this version of thor it's i i I put it on a list or not put it on a list i put it on a pile to give to a child because i do think it's something that a child could really appreciate yeah that was Uh, a a series that was aimed at young readers or yeah a younger audience yeah it's, it's got beautiful art and um yeah, and and I I don't have any problem with owning it, but I will admit that like space is an issue for me, and I think I am more of the mind nowadays. Where well, if I can read it digitally from the library, then I don't mind reading it digitally from the library. It's yeah. you know like I would have to have an exceptional amount of love for it. That would which isn't to say that this isn't a good series it's it's a very good series and it's it's just thor going on adventures and i think i think a huge part of the charm of the series for me is actually the fish out of water aspect of it which Mm -hmm. is thor just interacting with the modern world and trying to find his place in it that's that's the that those are the things about that story that appealed to me you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a good series i'm glad i found it uh i want to say that <sighs> altogether if i had to guess uh i'm doing i'm trying to do the math right now <laughs> i probably spent somewhere in the ballpark of one maybe three or four bucks to buy the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Just just a little aside, like, um, there was always a part of me that wanted to make a little game of the of this entire endeavor. Uh, I, I want part of the uh, appreciation of these of finding of these quests, as we mentioned, is you know just what a deal we yeah. we 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 had buying these comics and it's like the cheaper you spent the cheaper the the series is the more you enjoy it exactly right so i i always envisioned in my mind something where we could talk about how much the actual series cost off you know if you bought it at full price compared to what we actually spent on it and <laughs> and i wanted to be able to make those comparisons and be able to say, was this something that was good enough where if I found it for full price, I would pay full price for it. And yeah, yeah, I wanted to have that conversation, but 
That yeah, that, that, that requires a lot more math. It requires a lot more math, but uh, it's it's a fun conversation. I think it could be a fun conversation. Yeah, it's definitely one of those philosophical issues as well, because then you kind of get into the territory where you yeah. have to question is how do you put how do you assign yeah. a monetary value to exactly the appreciation of exactly. art you know yeah. it's Little like see- the art versus commerce kind of thing yeah. where you're you're trying to figure out if your level of enjoyment was commensurate with the amount of money you spent on something and how do you how do you act is it even possible to quantify that yeah because other people may you know it's it's almost like a very subjective concept because other people might be willing to pay more than what you were willing to pay for yeah. something or maybe they would be less willing to pay for something yeah. that you would be willing to pay for for sure for sure so th- those mean, are the kind of philosophical debates that comic book uh, addicts typically have (laughs) yeah it's it and you know it's right up our alley it's a fun conversation to have and it's not just it's it's philosophy and economics right (laughs) it's it's the philosophy of economic of comic book economics um (laughs) but yeah i always envisioned like a little secret of mine is i always envisioned uh our our podcast doing more stuff like that which would have been a fun way to, you know, because a lot of a lot of uh, uh, recommendation podcasts or websites have some arbitrary like measuring scheme where they go four stars, two thumbs up, whatever, whatever their scale is. Mm-hmm. I I always thought it'd be fun if we could do a thing where it was about the dollar amount, right? Where it was like, <laughs> w- was this worth only the twenty five cents that I spent on it? Or would I have been willing to pay cover price? Or, in a really great scenario, would I have been willing to pay even more than cover price for it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we we still can do that episode, man. Uh, it's just something I would need to prepare for. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what? If that's something that appeals to people, uh, I I we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on it. You know, uh, message us on. Uh, between the gutters on Instagram, uh, or you can email us at between the gutters podcast at gmail.com. See, you remember our email address, man. Again, it's just muscle memory. If I, <laughs> it's like if the house was on fire and I just had to act on instinct, I would do everything that I needed to do. But See, it, 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 for all <laughs> you listeners, man, the joke is that earlier this week, Albert was messaging me because he forgot how to log into our email account because he kept saying, well, he he remembered the password, but he was like, I can't get into between the gutters at gmail.com. And I was like, dude, it's between the gutters podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> you say it every week. How do you forget it when you're trying to type it and log in? <laughs> yeah, and I was just telling him it's it's in a pinch if I'm like if I just empty my mind and I make it blank, I can do it. But you know, back to the fire analogy, if a house was on fire and I was standing on the outside, then <laughs> I might be in trouble, but if I'm inside in the fire and like I have to rely on my survival instincts, then I'll probably be able to burst through the door like Kool-Aid. <laughs> Albert works well under pressure. 
that's one way to look at it. <laughs> uh, here's here's another question for you, man. Sure. But what's a completed quest that took the longest amount of time for you to complete? Like, you found the first issue of the quest, and then how many years later did it take to find the last issue? What what was the thing that took you the longest to complete? Who man? You know, off the top of your head. I want to say it was this Thor by um, Roger Langridge and uh, Chris Samney. Oh, okay. Okay. That was something where I found it, where I found the first few issues uh, at Jeff- Jeffrey's Toys when they were still on their Market Street location. And that was like years ago when we first started seeking out uh, deals, you know? And mm-hmm. I just completed that two years ago, like I said. Um, so what, other, what do you think? You think you started that in what, like 20, 2010, 2012? 2012 sounds about right. I'll, okay. uh, like I, I'd have to look at when when did this series come out? I don't know off the top of my head. It, I'm guessing it came out before the first Thor movie. But I, yeah. I you, you know what? That, that does sound about right. No, it says here on sale 7 2010 Oh, okay. So, assuming that, you know, these were in the back issue bins for a while, it might have been, like, 2011. Yeah, yeah, if not, makes sense. If not, like, late 2010. Well, no, no, it first came out seven twenty eight. so, yeah, probably, like, late 2011 is when they probably would have put it onto their sales, sales shelf. Makes so, sense, makes sense. That's, uh, almost nine years. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Um, other than that, uh, I'd say the the another series that was took me a long time to complete was The Flash by Grant Morrison and Mark Miller, co-written mm-hmm. by those two. I forget who the artists were. There were probably several different artists, so uh, forgive me, but. That was something that I think I just found the last issue that I needed. I want to say that was two years ago as well when I was in Chicago for Chicago Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember how long that was. But that was something that was just a thorn in my side for the longest time. Because, you know, they're just, they're just comics that you prioritize more more highly because the longer that it's on your list the more you yeah. just re- re- see it and it just burns into your mind's eye you know exactly <laughs> like the longer the quest is active the more as time goes on it becomes more urgent to complete yeah. that quest yeah and maybe you get a little more desperate or you're willing to take <laughs> you're willing to uh pay a dollar yeah exactly price exactly just for that final issue to close it out yep sometimes sometimes you pay for peace of mind man that's what it is yeah yeah do you have anything uh that yeah yeah according to my quest log which i reviewed before we started this episode yeah the the completed quest that took me the longest time was this four-issue miniseries called Infantry, written by Joe Casey, published by Devil's Do. Oh. So this is a pretty obscure, lesser-known work. 
Um, for those of you guys who have been listening to us for a while, you may recall that Joe Casey is one of my top three favorite comic book writers ever. So I'm not usually a completionist, but when it comes to my favorites, like Joe Casey and Peter Milligan, like I'm definitely a completionist when it comes to their work. Like I'll buy anything that they do just so I can have it. Um, and Infantry was something that Joe Casey did as a favor to his for his friend who was the publisher of Devil's Due at the time. Uh, a small publisher that I think was also, I think Image was putting out their books. I can't remember. But Infantry is not one of Joe Casey's finest works. Uh, I mean, after I found that last issue, I, I read the whole thing. And I couldn't really tell you anything much about it now because it, it was just so forgettable. Mm. I'd have mm. to reread it to, to see if there is anything I could get out of it, even just relative to the rest of Joe Casey's output. Um, but I had to have that in my collection, man, because I just love Joe Casey's work. And even yeah. even the stuff that, that uh, his lesser works, man, I feel like rereading those things can kind of give me I can get something out of them, you know, and, and even yeah. if all I get out of it is just the enjoyment of trying to analyze it to see um, how it fares in relation to the rest of his uver, that yeah. that's enough for me, man. Yeah, I get that. I get but that. Like I was saying, Infantry, man, it's it's a four issue miniseries and it came out in like the mid 2000s. I might have still even been in college when when it first came out. But I remember that I found the first three issues way back in 2006. Oof. That's when I got those issues, man. And I found that last issue, issue four, in September of 2019. Oh, wow. So it took me 13 years to complete that. And yeah, that was, it it got to the point where I was like, man, I'm probably never going to find it. This was something that was never collected in a trade paperback. Uh, I don't even know if it's online digitally, man. So, you know, I was, I pretty much just gave up on it, but somehow in September of 2019, I was just, I happened to be at a store and I was looking through a box mindlessly and I just came across that last issue and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to get this for a quarter, man. Nice. Actually, nice. It might not have even been a quarter. It might've been like 50 cents or something. I, I can't remember, but. I just remember I found that issue when I wasn't expecting it, and I was like, I'm just going to get this so I can complete it, man. You have to at that point, dude. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's more about the achievement at that point. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah, it, it was probably more, it was probably a dollar, probably not 25 cents. I, I really can't remember that part, but I just know that I wrote down in the quest log, I completed it in September of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That was a long uh, journey to get to the end. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta play the long game. Yeah. You gotta be patient, man. You you can't you can't always expect to complete something within you know the span of a few months or even a couple of years. Sometimes it takes more than a decade. Yeah. Would you say that at this point you're like? How likely are you to start new quest at this point, or would you say that your entire method methodology or attitude towards it has 
has become more focused towards just getting fully formed uh, sets. I think my my philosophy regarding starting new quests is if I f- come across a chunk of consecutive issues, that's when I start to think about buying them. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe instead of saying chunk, maybe I should say if I find 80% of a run, that's when I start thinking about it. I see. And I the see. higher that percentage is, the more likely I am to buy those issues yeah. on the spot. Like if I found 100% of a run that I was interested in, chances are I'm just going to buy it if they're all a quarter an issue. Yeah, yeah. But if I find, let's say, 50% of something, it's, you know, let's let's say it's a run or a series that, that was only like 40 issues, but I but I find 20 of those issues there's I'm less inclined to to buy that you know because mm. then I would have to then I would know okay I've still got to track down 20 more issues and that's yeah that's hard this is the level of heartache that yeah. I would have to put myself through we we have to do yeah comic book calculus every time we go yeah. out there on the front lines <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I will say this though. There are there are times where I'll come across something that's relatively new and even though it's theoretically an ongoing series with potentially a lot more issues, I'll find like let's say the first 5 issues of something that's you know, that's currently on issue let's say, eight, okay? Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'll I'll tell myself, well, since this is a more recent series, it should be easier for me to catch up, right? Because yeah. uh, the the issues are fresher and they'll make it to the to the sales bins um, and they'll be in greater supply. Mm-hmm. But even now, I have to admit that I have a few uh, quests that started out that way and ended up uh, biting me in the butt because, you know, for whatever reason, now the issues that I am looking for have become hard to come by or, yeah, hard to come by wherever in, in various stores that I've been to. And, and you know what I as, think it is, Albert? Yeah. It's it's because I think it be could be because in today's market a lot of series they don't last that long. Yeah. So so technically, uh, from from a numbers perspective, theoretically, we would think it'd be easier to to get the whole run because instead of getting something that has an indefinite ending point, you would be getting something that ends you know after let's say eight or twelve or. 15 issues like there's hardly any there's not a whole ton of stuff new stuff that that lasts very long you yeah. know that's yeah an unfortunate fact of how the market conditions are in today's time but the thing you have to consider is that those series that end up getting canceled yeah 
by the time you have to find those last few issues, those are probably harder to find because the stores most likely yeah. aren't ordering as many copies of them. The series is on its last legs, so there's yeah. no real incentive for them to buy a bunch of issues of a series that's ending. Yeah, especially when no one's buying it. Yeah. And that's why it's getting canceled in the first place. Yeah, the diehard fans are already going to buy whatever issues they're going to buy. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's why the hardest issues in any quest to find are always the first issue and the last issue. Yeah. And I'd, I'd even probably say the last issue is the hardest to find sometimes because, at least with the first issue, if the key collector jerks haven't gobbled them all up, there's a chance that stores have ordered a ton of copies of the first issue. And that could make it, that could help you, man. That could help you find that first issue right off the bat. Yeah. But yeah. then the, the last issue, stores almost never order a ton of the last issue because by that point, they know that not many people are buying it. So yeah. it's just harder for us to come across those last yeah. issues. At that point, they're buying it specifically for the people who were committed to the series yeah. uh, from the start, right? The, exactly. The, you're not going to find real whole... true blue fans. Yeah. You're not going to find a bunch of them on the racks. Yeah. They'll probably have just ordered just enough for those people, for those, exactly. those, exactly. those fans. But, yeah. Yeah, man. Do you have any other uh, series that you're currently reading or working uh, on? In terms of reading, no, nothing besides that Avengers. Or in, in terms of the quarter comics that I'm reading, I'm reading yeah. all sorts of other stuff. But in terms of the quarter comics, um, right now it's just the Avengers. I don't know. Maybe I'll... I'll pick up another stack sometime and if I'm in the mood. Um, one more thing uh, that I that I did want to mention though, in regards to the just the quest aspect of quarter comics, is that sometimes, sometimes man, when you just can't finish things off because they're just hard to find, there have been, or I mean just you. The general you, not you specifically. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there have been times, man, when I've had to just resort to buying something at cover price just so I could complete the quest. And one of the most memorable ones of, of those examples is Miracle Man by Alan Moore mm. when Marvel did the reprints several years ago. Yeah. I think it was like issue 15. For for some reason, the that issue I, I could never find a cheap copy of that so i ended up just buying it at cover price <laughs> yeah man you just gotta do that man for sure for sure uh like the funny thing is it's it's a series by alan moore and it's well regarded and i remember watching you try to get it and just the the heartache and the work that you had to get that last issue. Mm. And in spite of that, I started collecting it too. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, in retrospect, I kind of regret it. <laughs> no, you can, you're not going to regret it after you read it, Albert. Trust me. You'll be you'll be glad. Well, okay, here's the thing. So I remember I found a bunch of the issues, and I, I was just like, well, I, I just got to get them because it's 
I, I remember looking at how how long the series lasted, and I was like, oh, that's not long at all. That's at least on paper, it's doable, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. But I, now I think I'm missing the same two issues that you're missing. <laughs> and on top of that, I remember opening up the comics that I did have because they were like sealed in plastic. Yeah. And I remember looking at issue two and flipping through it. And next thing I know, like they misprinted uh something in issue two where entire chunks of uh text were just missing. Yeah, the dialogue from all the word balloons on a single page. Yeah. It wasn't issue two, it was one of the later issues actually. Oh, okay, okay. My bad. But I remember seeing that and I was like, What? And then I took it over to your house and you were like, No way and then you pulled it out your issue. Same and thing. Same yep. thing. And it turns out all of them were like that. Yeah, we, we looked it up online and it turned out that that one specific issue had a misprint. Yeah. Where there was a, there was one page in the comic where all of the words in the word balloons were invisible. Yeah. <laughs> but then the funny thing is if you turn to the towards the back of that issue, they have um they have special pages that were it had the the penciled, the lettered, uh, and inked pages, so yeah. you could see like the process. And those pages had the dialogue in them. Yeah, but that's really not a way that you should be reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty unforgivable error when it comes to comics. Yeah, and then I remember we were looking up whether Marvel would repair, uh, you know, repair it. And they had no intention of doing that whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even understand why they haven't done an omnibus of the yeah. Alan Moore Miracle Man. And they they had those hardcover editions, but those are all sold out now. Yeah. yeah. Probably should have bought those. I wonder if I wonder if those pages we were talking about uh, were printed correctly in the hardcover. I imagine that they were. I mean, that'd be. It's bad enough for a single issue. I, I it's all it's it's already unforgivable, but it's super bad if it's in the in the hardcover collected edition, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I don't remember if it was earlier this year. Oh no, it wasn't this year, but maybe 2020, if not 2019. Um, Comicsology did have a sale on. Uh, Miracle Man by Alan Moore, where each trade was like, I think the first two were like four dollars each, and the last one might have been five bucks. And I ended up buying all three of the trades. Oh, nice! Did so, you did you look up that one page to see if it was printed correctly digitally? You know what? I forget now. Now that you mention it, I you gotta like look I it up. Yeah. <laughs> How incompetent would they be if it if they left the misprints in the digital edition? That would be. Yeah, like I already have no respect for them, but that would, I'd be, you would have disrespect. Yeah, (laughs) I would have just venom for them at that point. (laughs) Uh, Man, Uh, yeah, I'm gonna check it out after this uh, podcast. (laughs) Yeah, other than that, uh. After completing Uncanny X-Force earlier this week, I, I've, I've made it a point 
of mine to like read one set of uh completed quests when I whenever I can. Like I I've, I I want to be like super consistent about it because I have this weird uh fear that you know someday I, I hate going to be buried alive in all your unread <laughs> comics. Well, no, I was going to say like I hate the idea that I'm going to die someday and I I that I'm going to die before I've read everything that I owned. So <laughs> like back to the idea of the economics of it, like there's something annoying to me about having spent money on these things and the idea of dying before I can get my money's worth out of what I've read or what Especially I've paid since for. Since you don't have a kid who can inherit it. I mean, I've got other issues with that, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've established in this episode that we both have tons and tons of issues. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've I've put I've made it a point to be consistent about reading everything I have without accumulating more just just to try to maintain a good uh rhythm. So uh, what I'm currently reading is uh, Captain Marvel by Peter David and uh, Chris Cross. I, that I believe. was a fun run. Yeah, it's so you mentioned earlier that um, your entire process for how you start quests now is you'll see if you can have if you get like eighty percent of it and and that'll help you determine whether you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, continue with it or not or what it'll help you determine whether you're gonna start it at all or not mm-hmm. right um with captain marvel it was a little different for me uh because what ended up happening and and this is something that happens fairly frequently with me but i'll find like the first six issues or something like that and i'll just be like well that's like one story arc i can just buy it and and read it and that in and of itself should be fine, right? Right. But then we'll go to a different show, and I'll find more issues of it, and I'll just be like, well, you know what? Since I've got the first six issues, I, I can get a couple of these, you know? <laughs> Might and as then well. Next, yeah, and then next thing I know, it just snowballs, and uh, it, it just becomes this thing where it's like, I guess I'm tracking them all down now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that happens to me quite a bit. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell myself, oh, I'm just going to get these first few issues just so I can get a taste of it. And next thing I know, it's just like, I might as well just try to get all of it. You're like the master of lying to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I I, I do feel like I got to be better of with just cutting my losses sometimes. But, I mean, but, hey, as a result, I did end up getting all of uh, Captain Marvel by Peter David, so... See, that wasn't a loss at all. That was a win. Yep, yep. So that's that's the next uh, quest that I'm going to embark on. I might want to borrow those one day, man, so d- don't get rid of them too quickly if you're done with reading them. Yeah, well, I'm I, I'm putting aside a small pile of stuff for you. Um, I, I imagine that... There's things that you want to check out, so totally, for sure, man. for sure. Yeah, I think my reading right now, my my reading philosophy is like I'm 
I'm always working through at least one set of completed quarter comics, and right now that's the Busiek Avengers. Nice. But but every week there's also all this other stuff I gotta read. So like yeah. I'll, I I always have library books, so I'm I'm constantly trying to read all the library books I can, so I can just return them soon. Um, I guess it's hard because I keep on checking out more stuff from the library. Yeah. I've so had I'm, to put a moratorium on my library books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right now I've, I've got about, I think I want to say I have like 23 things checked out. Woo. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on, on those. Yeah. Every, every day. And I'm also reading, trying to read, the hardcovers or trade paperbacks that I actually own that I haven't read yet. So I'll, I'll try to work on at least one or two, one or a couple of them every week as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's always the stuff that I got to read for our podcast. Yeah. So it's like, there's always like things I'm reading, man. And, and uh, yeah, it's sometimes, sometimes it's overwhelming if I try to s- step back and, and count all my library books and all my unread books. Yeah. But, you know, when I don't think about it in terms of I have to do something, I can just enjoy the pleasure of reading comics, man. And yeah. That's what yeah. it's all about. Um, yeah. Like, I've, I've probably taken a different approach than you have in that, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I've put a moratorium on library books for myself. So I can focus solely on the single issues that I have as well as the various uh, trade paperbacks or hardcover editions that I've accumulated in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a way of focusing myself. And uh, the the other thought that I've had recently is I do want to start reading more of my digital comics because I have a – pretty hefty library of those that yeah. I need to, that I want to uh, start reading through. So, yeah. And, and that, here. that collection is only getting bigger because I just keep backing more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. I got, I got to start cracking into all my unread digital comics. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's just un added undue stress. Uh, there's there's no reason for it, and really, if if I just empty my mind of all those all those uh, all those extra added thoughts, I can just focus on just enjoying my comics for the sake of enjoying them. Yeah, exactly, man. That that's what it's really all about. For like, sure, for sure. Yeah, it it's. It's all about the enjoyment of of the of the comics. So whether or not you are able to read every single thing or not, just enjoy what you do read, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're always. I think part of the fun of comics is the adrenaline rush of just buying stuff buying more comics yeah yeah so when i look at it from that perspective i take it like just hunting down the comics and obtaining them i i got 
I derived a certain level of entertainment and pleasure from the act, you know? Like, mm. sometimes it's, it's the journey that that's also enjoyable, you know? You, you, you got to appreciate the journey and finding those books, finding them for cheap, no yeah. matter how long it takes, whether it's 13 months or 13 years, you just yeah. enjoy you enjoy the quest while it happens, man. And when you finally complete it, you can enjoy the fruits of your labor at some point. But you don't have to force yourself to to finish reading everything you get. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. I mean, we. I I think this podcast, this specific episode, is a testament to that. Like, just look at how much time we've spent just reminiscing and talking about <laughs> this, you know, talking about the, all the extra anecdotes involved with just the finding of these comics in yeah, addition is, to the actual like, comics themselves. Right. Yeah, man, this is, this has got to be one of our most self-indulgent episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, is that we're, we're pushing like two and a half hours right now. And this whole yeah. time, I haven't heard you do your 1920s Chicago gangster voice <laughs> a single time. What's up with that, man? Uh, you know, I, it's a fine wine, so I, I tend to save it for special occasions, perhaps uh, the birth of a child. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm rooting for you to have a kid soon, then. Hopefully Either by next us. week, because I want to hear you do your voice, man. Uh, yeah, like, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'll tell you what, if we can get 400 subscribers on Instagram, because <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're hitting a pretty good stride. I, last I checked today, we're at, like, 312, which is not bad, you know? Yeah, but like, what if a coward follows us tomorrow? Uh, then I will, I will, they will rue the day that they did so, because... We will haunt them with our hate. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Well, if anyone is out there still listening to us, I'm pretty curious to hear what other people's comic book buying habits are. I want... Like, if you're one of those people that is kind of like us and is hunting for deals all the time, yeah, tell us some stories, man. Hit us up. Yeah. I, I love hearing stuff uh, about how you find and track down comics. Right. Or, you know, if you want to know more about what are some good tips and techniques on how to find cheap comics, uh, or, if, you know, you want to you wanna become part of the lifestyle – Hit us up on that too, you know. We'll, we're we are we are Jedi's at this point of uh, cheap comics buying, and That's we were true. we're willing to educate any Padawan that wants that to know. True. So yeah, we, we we can't put all our secrets out on the podcast, <laughs> uh, but we don't want if, you if to you, know all our stomping grounds. If you if you approach us and ask us. We'll, we'll tell you. We, we just won't record it and put it out there for everybody to know. <laughs> Is that enticing enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This is Between the Gutters signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.
Bye, guys.